over a hundred days ago, the worst slaughter of Jewish people in a single day occurred in Israel since the Holocaust. Over 1,200 men, women, and children were slaughtered in their homes. The early mornings, just as they were about to get up to enjoy their holiday, they found their kibbutzim, their villages, their towns and cities swarming with terrorists who tortured, killed, raped, and murdered in the most ghoulish, horrific, brutal, and graphic cruelties in which there was nobody who were able to escape the wrath of the evil Hamas ISIS terrorist group. The smallest of babies till the oldest, all the vulnerable people suffered indescribable brutal excesses the likes of which the Jewish people haven't seen since the time of the Holocaust. This type of brutal, unhinged hatred toward innocent human beings bespeaks the type of unbridled poisoning hatred which has totally ensconced, engulfed Palestinian society for decades, in which religious, political, social, community, and family leaders have taught their entire society that the basis of their existence as a Palestinian people is the destruction of the Jewish people in the land they both call their own. The cry parroted by the Muslim extremist terrorists, which echoes even into the West, into the hallowed halls of what used to be our most respected institutions of higher learning from Harvard on the East Coast to Berkeley, the West Coast, and nearly every major university, both public and private in between. The cry of from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, a call for unabashed destruction of the Jewish people and the only act of so self-determination that the Jewish people have had since close to 2,000 years ago. Our last attempt at self-determination was utterly destroyed by the Romans is now being called to be utterly undone and destroyed. Can it be that young American minds have been taught in the mainstream of higher education and even into the secondary schools and middle schools in some places that the genocide of the Jewish people, the violation of their right to self-determination is but a natural reaction to injustice. It's as if now the Jews, as 
always are yet again to be branded as boogeymen and must be the object of our of the wrath from the ignorant to the evil mind this evil incessant unabashed unending hatred has once again spread its poisonous tentacles throughout the world and the hypocrisy of such hatred is so painful and yet that pain is doubly so effective because of it is obvious hypocrisy take the demonstrations of the Houthi the rebel group in Yemen who they say have on behalf of their brothers the Palestinian Muslims in Gaza are attacking shipping going through the narrow Bab al-Mandeb Strait between Yemen and East Africa through to the Suez Canal and that out to the right wider world. This demonstration of solidarity against the Jewish people is built upon its own visceral, visceral hatred of Jews. And surprisingly to me, as a Jew of Yemenite descent, built upon its mission in which the world has allowed us to complete with barely a whimper the complete and utter destruction of the last Jews of Yemen, an ancient community with whom my father's ancestors were a part of for thousands of years, whose religion and identity preceded and dominated in Yemen hundreds of years before Islam. And yet this ancient beautiful civilization has been allowed to be destroyed its destruction has been tolerated and there has not been even a molecule in comparison of condemnation or even mention in any major western publication news or academic there has been no news reports in any of the major mainstream media outlets and throughout the West. In fact, if you ask almost anybody if they know of the history of the Yemenite Jews, that there were Jews in Yemen, nobody will have any idea. And then nobody will also know about the slogan of the Houthis with which they base their entire movement and the slogan is quite clearly the hatred that on which it bases its attack against Israel and its destruction of the Yemenite Jewish community. Al Mount Lil America, Al Mount Israel, Al La'anat Al Yehud, Al Nasr Lil Islam, which means in Arabic, death to America, death to Israel curses on the Jews, and victory for Islam. This 
sloganeering sets forth their basis for existence, much like Hamas, their basis for existence is not extolling their own history, their cultural, their uniqueness as a Yemenite people compared to other peoples throughout the world, not on positivity, but on negativity. They exist entirely to destroy other, meaning their mode of self-determination is the destruction of other people's self-determination. They are well and truly nothing more than a parasitic people who aims to destroy the earth around them. They are as short-sighted as one could ever imagine, as short-sighted as these parasitic organisms who through their consumption of their host hasten their own deaths. They do not build upon the beautiful, amazing architectural achievements in the mud brick skyscrapers in Shibam or the brilliant, fragrant, spice trade that Yemen dominated for centuries, causing the Romans to extol the southern western port of Arabia called Arabia Felix, Lucky Arabia or Happy Arabia. Nor do they wish to remind the world of their most important and most revered um, the part that they used to play as facilitators of trade, most especially with their most famous export, coffee from the port of Mocha. While coffee's plant originally comes from the Kaffa province in Ethiopia, right across the Red Sea, just no more than 20 or so miles across from Yemen. Coffee was brought over from Ethiopia, as were many things, both Yemen and Ethiopia have a long shared history, some positive, some not, but they share a tremendous amount in culture, DNA, which they shared. Yemen took the Ethiopian coffee plant and they were the first ones to create a drink out of it and then to export this golden black liquid throughout the world. Until, of course, the Ethiopians did what, the, excuse me, the Europeans did what they did best and stole the plant and cornered the market and planted the, and, and planted the Yemenite coffee plant throughout the world in Java um, and in uh, Jamaica and in Colombia and were able to create their own blends of coffee <laughs> and then ultimately causing Yemen to fall into a long, uh, long spiral of decline, having lost a particular important part of their economy. But no, the Houthi movement doesn't care to extol and to build upon the amazing culture. They want to bring, bring destruction to Yemen. Their brand of fanatical intolerance, of Shiite vulvarism, they use, they very, very heartily accept the destructive weapons and the 
terrorists, the guidance of the Islamic State of Iran, their fellow, fellow Shiites from the Northeast, to, to destroy. They've already caused a civil war which destroyed hundreds of thousands of Yemeni Muslim lives. But nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that. But the Palestinians, because they're in conflict with the Jews, they hated Jews, a hatred of which Muslims and Christians and atheists alike throughout the world share of the most visceral hatred of this tiny minority. So they're willing to bring destruction upon Jews, whether it's within their midst, having driven out the last Jews of Yemen, and then ultimately forced them to go to Israel, which they supposedly didn't want them to do, but they knew that there were, that's the only place there where they would go, because Yemenite Jews today, the vast majority of whom live in Israel and their relatives for who had been driven out of Yemen would have no other choice but to go to Israel, thereby increasing the suffering of Gaza. Ultimately speaking, the history of the Yemenite Jews and in fact the history of Jews in the Muslim world from Morocco in the west to Afghanistan in the east from Syria, Turkey, Lebanon in the north, to Sudan and Yemen in the south, has been totally erased from the history books. It apparently deserves hardly any mention at all. The fact of the matter is that the, the Jewish refugees from Muslim countries outnumbered the Palestinian refugees by almost 200,000 people. And yet, not a word can be found in nearly any publication, even though their fate was worthy of a front-page story in 1948 edition of the New York Times, declaring that Jews throughout the Muslim world, after the, after the establishment of the State of Israel, or leading up to, to up therein, were in peril, because Jews everywhere are punished for what Jews somewhere, for the actions of some Jews in other places. The thousands of years history of Yemenite Jews in parallel with the thousands of years history of Jews of Iraq, Iran, and throughout the Middle East, their ethnic cleansing, their forced conversion, kidnapping, rioting, torture, and ultimate expulsion deserves not even one mention by the UN Secretary General Gutierrez while he cries about the Palestinians. What about the Jewish refugees from the Muslim countries? They have not yet even received an acknowledgement from any of the Arab governments of the countries from which they were ultimately expelled. Not one word from the government of Algeria where hundreds of thousands of Jews were expelled. Not Clearly not a word of regret from the Houthi Yemenis who want to reach out with their missiles and destroy the Yemeni Jews here in Israel because destroying the Yemeni Jewish community in Yemen was not enough. All of this, all of this hypocrisy that exists throughout the entire world is so painfully obvious today. But if nobody will mention it, 
if the UN won't mention it, even in an appendix somewhere in a document that they bury in the most out-of-reach areas of the UN, even within obscure websites or databases, they hardly exist. Even if the entire world wants to forget this painful event that our ancestors went through, even if the entire world wanted, wants to absolve themselves of yet another Holocaust, which nobody wants to mention. The loss of billions of dollars of poverty, plunging millions of Jews of Middle Eastern descent into generational poverty from which they have yet to extricate themselves from. Even if, as a Jew of Yemeni descent, if I were to be crazy enough to attempt to go Yemen, I would be killed and tortured. Even though my ancestors lived on the land and were indigenous to the land, indigeneity, the most popular term from the social justice warriors, will not assign us indigenous status because Jews, according to these anti-Semites, are indigenous nowhere. So if we are nowhere indigenous, meaning we are all so-called European colonists, despite the fact the majority of Jews in Israel are not from Europe, but from, like me, from the Middle East, from Yemen, from Iraq, and other places. Even if we were, we were to, to convince them that this was the case, or to educate them, and they would acknowledge this basic fact, they would still say that we were not indigenous. Or they would say, oh, you must return to Yemen. Oh, you must return to Iraq. You must return to Libya, Algeria, Tunisia, Morocco. You must return to Egypt, Sudan. Iran, Afghanistan. You must return from all those places in which you were forced to flee for fear of death. We must return them to what? For what? To be killed? So ultimately speaking, the world tells us as Jews, you do not have a right to self-determination. Palestinians' self-determination is more important than yours. Because we will accept your destruction. We already, we already charged and convicted you of being Western colonists, having entirely invented a homeland to the Jewish people for which you never came from, you have no relationship whatsoever. And you must return to a place in which you were forced to flee because they, in that place... No, even if you lived there for hundreds or thousands of years, they still wanted your destruction. And you had no rights whatsoever. Whatsoever. Zero rights. That's true apartheid. We want you to return there. And what happens to you after you go back there, we could care less. Meaning that Jews, just like from time immemorial, we deserve nothing but death, according to the West. So this podcast series is meant to uncover an important point in our history. The history of the Jews of the Middle East and North Africa. The history of those Jews who survived amongst extremely difficult circumstances in a tiny, tiny populations. Whereas in many cities in Poland and Russia, Jews made up the majority. In nowhere 
in the Middle East and North Africa do the Jews make up anything more than a tiny, tiny minority. In comparing numbers, in, in uh, Yemen about 100 or so years ago when my grandparents were born, there were probably 3 million or 4 million Muslims and no more than 50 to 70,000 Jews scattered throughout the country. Meaning the Jews were a tiny, tiny minority. In Syria, about 50, 60,000 Jews, and also, again, millions and millions of Muslims. The Jews were overwhelmingly a tiny speck of a minority that were only through guile and through luck and through some kind neighbors and struggles beyond belief were able to overcome the most severe persecution in which there was no international bodies that were willing to stand up on their behalf, through which throughout their entire much of the history there was no such thing as such international bodies. The Jews had to both overcome the difficult economic and uh, medical and situation that the general populace had to undergo, while the double and triple quadruple load of being persecuted as the most hated groups of that of of the Muslim texts, in which hatred of Jews is about as easy to find as exhortations to believe in Allah. That's the sad part about it. Our history, the Jews of the Middle East, is crucial, not only to understand the history of the Jews, but to understand why we as Jewish people today in Israel, not only have the right to determination, self-determination. We have no other choice but to serve self-determination. Not only do we have the right to defend ourselves, we have no choice but to defend ourselves. And we cannot and must not endanger our existence in order to prop up the self-determination of another people whose entire purpose is our destruction. This must not be. And this podcast, through the telling of the history of the Jews in the Middle East, with an emphasis on my own ancestors in Yemen, you will come to understand why such an important story, which is being ignored and which is not being told by anybody, even by Israel, regretfully creates a circumstance in which the Jews are, are allowed to be portrayed as a foreign people. And even our closest friends repeat that mantra, even if implicitly, insofar as their declaration that Israel's existence is necessary because we must prevent the tragedy of the Holocaust, while entirely ignoring the existence of the Yemenite Jews, of Moroccan Jews, of Middle Eastern Jews in general, who never went through the Holocaust, but yet have every bit as much of a right to have a country of their own, even if the Ashkenazi Jews never existed. Because we are Jews, and just because we didn't go through a Holocaust doesn't mean that our historical, cultural, and existential rights are only fulfilled through the establishment and the maintenance of a strong, powerful, and 
defensible nation called Israel, made up of wonderfully diverse peoples, Jews from throughout the world, Muslim supporters, Christians, a diverse nation whose importance to the Jewish people simply cannot be underestimated. Thank you so much, and I hope that you'll continue to follow my podcasts.